0: Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. I'm your host, Todd Wilcox, and we're going to be talking to somebody that's going to be at Contact in the Desert today. I would encourage you to go to that website, www.contactinthedesert.com. See the different guests that they're going to have. It's going to be amazing. I got to go there a couple years ago. One of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. You're standing there, and and you notice that um, you, you're you Nick Pope is right next to you from Ancient Aliens, or Mike Barra, or Jim Vieira from Search for the Giants. There's so many people that you're going to run into and go, I I know him, I know her. And then you're going to make friends. James Keenan, uh, he's been on the show many times. That's how I met him, was at Contact in the Desert. So this year it's going to be online. I don't know how all of that will work out. Fascinating guest, so really fascinating guest set up. We're going to have Alan Steinfeld on today. He's got a book called Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. He's also going to be leading some panels. Uh, One's about the Akashic Fields. Uh, It should be an interesting talk. Um, I've seen Alan. I have not had the opportunity to talk to him, so I'm really excited to do this. He's going to be on in just a minute. Remember to support our sponsor, the Eastern Utah History and Tourism Association. Go see Darren. Go see Sue Ann. Tell them your buddy Todd sent you, and then talk to the ghost and play with the cat. Have a good time down at their shop. Um, Thank you for joining us. We are going to have some fun in just a few minutes with Alan Steinfeld, talking about his book and talking about Contact in the Desert on my side of the universe on KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. I'm so excited to talk to a gentleman that's going to be at Contact in the Desert. Um, I'd like you guys to go check out their website. That's www.contactinthedesert.com. It's an amazing Uh, just an absolutely amazing event. I've been to it. Um, I'm curious how this will work all online this time, but it should be great. Alan's going to be leading a panel, a discussion, and um, I think you're going to enjoy it. I can't wait to hear what he's going to talk about today. Uh, Alan, welcome to my, Alan Steinfeld. I'm going to say your whole name. Welcome to my side of the universe.
1: (laughs) It's great to be on your side of the universe. I'm used to being on the other side, but now I'm <laughs> to be on your side. So. I
0: appreciate that. I love having you on this side, um, even if it's only for a short time. But you may find that you like it here. I um, might stay here, sure. Sure. <laughs> You're always welcome. So, Okay. Al- <laughs> Alan, you have a book uh, called Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. People can find that. On Amazon and um, or if they what's the best way to find you, is it to type your name, to type the book? I know that the Amazon um, page will come up, Making Contact. Um, What? How do you think is the best way?
1: Well, if you type in Making Contact with my first name, Alan, Alan Steinfeld, the book will come up. And you actually, Amazon's giving a two dollar discount before the actual uh, launch of the book. The launch, of the book comes out May fourth, but if you order it now or whenever this program is before May fourth, you'll get two maybe three dollars off the list price. Fantastic.
0: So, yes. And um, tell me why don't why don't we start with your book and then we'll we'll talk more about contact in the desert after that. But um, can you maybe just tell us. What, what's your book about? What got you started? Where, how did your interest um, in the book come around?
1: Well, the book, I think, is very important because if you've been following the news, uh, or to any degree, it seems like every other day there's a headline about the Pentagon acknowledging, the Navy acknowledging UFO exists, the increased sighting in New York, Pennsylvania, California. It seems to me, and maybe I'm just looking for it. It's like, you know, that old story, if you're driving a yellow Volkswagen, you see just yellow Volkswagens out there. (laughs) Maybe I'm just um, cued into that, but it seems like there is an increase in this attention to the, what's been called UFOs, which really doesn't mean anything. I go into that in the book, but is that true or is it just me? I mean, Todd, are you seeing an increase? I I do.
0: But I'm I'm much like you, Alan. I I'm looking for those things. So um, I need to I need to ask some of the, the average listeners, the average folks walking around, if, if they're picking up on that, because that's that's my um, that's my wheelhouse. If I hear something about a UFO or an alien or a Bigfoot or you know anything like that, my attention is immediately there, especially with UFOs and the Pentagon or a government agency acting like we may get um, some disclosure about what's going on. So, but I I agree with you that I have noticed an uptick in, in people talking about it, things on Facebook, different social media um, and then in the news.
1: Yeah. I think if anyone's paying attention to just the news, they're going to see more and more stories taking this seriously. So I figured, This would be a great time to catch people up who are now open to the possibility that we are being visited by something. And this whole thing, this whole um, recent phenomena started to unfold on December 16th, 2017, when the New York Times front page released a story that the Senate Intelligence Committee was spending $22 million to investigate the whole field of what was called UFOs, now called UAPs. I have a whole theory about why that's happening. They, they went, the government themselves said, said, we're not calling these unidentified flying objects, we're calling them unexplained aerial phenomena. So what's the difference between object and phenomena? That's really what the essential switch is. And objects are just things. Phenomena includes a whole other set of values like how it affects human consciousness, what it does to our minds to see just an object in the sky that's out of this world, shall I say. And that affects somehow the our cognitive uh, sense of reality. It, it has a huge impact on people who have seen these things. It means reality is not what we've been told it is. And I always say that Reality is more solid than the ground beneath your feet, and if you have ever been in an earthquake, you know when that starts to shake, your whole sense of self starts to be questioned, and that is what's happening with this government. Does that make sense there? Absolutely. That without question, yeah. yes. Yeah. So it's something's here, and it's shaking us up, and it's shaking us up in the time we're being shaken up in general by the whole lockdown, quarantine, COVID all that is already put a damper on our reality, let's say. And so that some of that information is being released at this time, I think because we are already somehow off balance with the way the world is, is my theory. So the government might think, and who knows what the government really thinks, but they might say, well maybe people won't be that upset if we re- tell them the good and bad news that we're not alone because they're already open or suspecting that life is not what it used to be and so i think all this is coming out that may be one reason that the government is saying yes there are and people say do you believe in ufo's and this is not about belief there's nothing this is not like is there a god no is there are there objects in the sky that are unidentified, unexplained, or are there not? That has nothing to do with belief. And so now, the Navy, the intelligence committees, they are coming out with yes, there are things out there. There aren't Russian or Chinese. Those are two big other countries that we have to worry about, and they're not ours. But. They will not go as far as say, well, they're off planet. They'll say, and if you listen to some of the people in the in the ATIP program who was working for the Pentagon, that's the Advanced Aeronautic Threat Identification Program, which was re, kind of um, uh, let out of the bag by that 2017 New York Times article. They're saying it was not from any country we know. They're not saying it's off-world. They're just saying, so they're telling, it's like the government... Are those in charge of the government, because the government is many things, those in charge of these secrets, keeping the secrets. And I'm not a conspiracy person, but obviously there are secrets about UFOs that the public has not been privy to. So they're finally coming out and saying, yes, there is something there we can't explain. So that's the baseline. Very good. So, Alan.
0: One question that, that always hits my mind, and and for years, I, you know, I was I was championing the championing championing the idea that the world's ready to know about these things. We can handle knowing about UFOs. What concerns me, you know, UFOs, aliens, whatever we're we're talking about here. Um, what concerns me is the way we reacted to COVID. You talked about that earlier. You know, there was that mass panic go buy all the toilet paper. And a friend of mine and I joked that if if we announce that that there is, in fact, extraterrestrial life visiting us, is everybody going to run out and buy all the aluminum? Is there going to be some new panic um, that takes place? And I I got a little less comfortable with the world knowing all the answers with the way we reacted to this pandemic. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think it's always better to tell the truth. I think your mother probably told you that. Yes. You know? So, I mean, yes, people might be a little... But what are they afraid of? They're afraid of the unknown. And you know what? We have more fear from uh, each other, human beings. That's created the whole problem than we do with these, whatever you want to call them, aliens, ETs. They're not here to take over our planet. It's already... um, in a mess. You know, we have to clean up our mess and stop living in fear. The unknown is full of wonder and full of possibilities. I think that's been a sort of false narrative that's been put out that, yeah, if we tell people about UFOs, they'll panic. I think the real narrative is that these ships are not filling up their gas tank to get here. And it's something the corporate elite, whatever you want to call that, Um, people living off of fossil fuel and making billions, trillions of dollars from that, don't want us to have this technology that will be obvious once we understand the mechanics of how this is working. I think we're getting close to that. I think that's the real story. It's not people freaking out. I think, you know, some people don't care, you know. When Copernicus said that the world, that the Earth was not the center of the universe, people went about their life as serfs and you know served the king. And they, you know, there's some people who will say this is a great day for human civilization because suddenly we know we're not a freak of nature. We're not living uh, in an isolated universe. That this is my take that life is an emergent property of creation, and it's abundant, just like the way grass grows between the cracks in the sidewalk. Life is everywhere because what's here is not different than what's on other planets. Of course, Mars lost its atmosphere and all that, but I think life really is abundant throughout the universe or universes, And it's about time we made friends with the others because I think we've been quarantined because of our erratic, violent, um, hostile nature that we have with each other. We have to clean that up if we really want to become part of a greater universal – I know brotherhood, that's a little cliche (laughs) – but a universal consciousness, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing. The the idea that people will panic – It. I don't think so I, I don't get that
0: i I would love us to get past that and to be able to have have the conversations and to have the um, the knowledge uh, that is out there and I, and I believe that we are being visited. I believe that that many of the governments, if not all, know about it um, and I you know I, I had not considered the whole fossil fuel thing um, and if if we were given technology that would eliminate that I'm I'm one of those guys that believes that we've had multiple advanced civilizations on this planet um, that have been wiped out for whatever reason and and we're we're the latest version and I don't think the other ones used fossil fuel I think they used other technology and and I would love it if we started looking different ways whether it's with help from from something extraterrestrial or just ourselves to, to see where we can go with different technology instead of continuing to burn the the oil and, and, you know, create batteries and different things like that. I think there's better answers out there. We just haven't asked the right questions.
1: Definitely. And it's a very exciting time for these better answers. It's a time we grow up as a civilization and make new friends with each other and ourselves and look at new possibilities about technology and consciousness and creativity and the exploration of the unknown. So that's why I said UFOs are not about belief. They're, they're about discovery. That's what we have the hope for. So all these people are living in fear of what's out there and the government perhaps. I guess they've watched too many science fiction movies where <laughs> the aliens. Uh, but it's this is not science fiction. If you look right. at that New York Times right. article from December 2017, they say what was once science fiction is now science fact. You Correct.
0: Know. And it's happening more and more every day. The old science fiction has become fact. Um, exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, who thought fifty years ago you could carry around a little device in your pocket and and reach everyone and see their face? I mean, this this is the future we are living in, and it's very exciting. That's what I try to convey in this book. And it's not just—I'm not the only writer there, but I'll go into that in a second. But the book is a really positive take for the future and for human potential and for the expansion of consciousness creativity and human exploration this is a new renaissance we're coming into hopefully
0: i i agree and i am so happy that that there are people like you making these kind of books to get us thinking in the right direction the whole the whole consciousness concept if, if we get together and, and, um, let the, the, the energy, the, the, the quantum part of it, the, the, the oneness take over where, where can we go instead of being isolated? Like we have tend to have done in our past. I'm, I'm really excited about the whole consciousness idea and, and talking to you more about it. Alan, we, we do need to break away for just a minute, um, but we're going to okay. be back. We're going to talk to Alan Steinfeld more uh, about his book about Contact in the Desert, which will be J- uh, June 25th through the 28th, and uh, lots of fun stuff coming up for us on this show. So stay with us. We'll be right back with more My Side of the Universe on KOAL 1073 FM and 750 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. I'm your host, Todd Wilcox, and we have Alan Steinfeld with us today. He has a great book out that is called Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. He's going to be at Contact in the Desert, one of my favorite, if not my absolute favorite event that's out there. Um, I would encourage people that listen to this show and like this show to um, go there, especially when it it becomes in-person again. But this year is unique because they're doing it online. So it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you don't have transportation or you don't have the money to drive somewhere or fly somewhere. It's all online. So you can you can see all that's happening. Um, really, the only difference is you're not going to run into Alan in a hallway and get a chance to talk to him, um, which is honestly the coolest part about these things is you get to talk to the people that are presenting um, in a more intimate way than you could have ever imagined. You'd just be standing in a hall and there's Alan or, or one of the other guys, George Norrie, somebody's going to be standing there and they talk to you, they interact. It is a great time at contact in the desert. Um, So, um, I am very envious, Alan, that you get to be a part of that.
1: I agree with you. It is the best show out there. It's really fun and there's a real community and real feeling of love, I have to say, because we're kind of bonded with people who are very opened and aware. And I, and I think it's just a really good-feeling show with great information. So I loved being a part of it, being an MC there. I mean, I met some contacts there. And and part of what the book is about was getting some of the best people I saw at that show and some of the other shows that I, I would go to all these UFO shows, either work it, be a part of it, or just go as a participant because I was obsessed with the subject because of my own experience. But And I'll get into that, but the yes. people I yeah. met there the people I feel were the tops in this field of UFO investigation, I got them all to write an essay for this book. Uh, and it, it, did, you, did you read some of the book? Um, I have or, not yet. I, I, uh, okay. we, we found out about this interview
0: so quickly um, that uh, I didn't. And usually I don't prepare beforehand because I just like to talk. Um, but right. I'm, I'm looking forward to investigating it for sure.
1: Okay, well, the book is made up of 11 dis- different essays, including uh, the foreword by George Nori. And I go from the exterior of the phenomena, which they call the nuts and bolts, the hardware, um, are there, there, there the low lights in the sky, the ships in the sky, and the government cover ups part of like, that's the exoteric. That's just the external um, manifestation of the phenomena. But I proceed. From that first chapter by Nick Pope, who investigated UAPs for the Ministry of Defense in Great Britain, I start there and I go into like uh, the phenomena of how it's affecting us consciously. I, I, I proceed to Grant Cameron, who says that if you're seeing a UFO, it is not by chance. You are meant to see it and you are part of the whole um, unfoldment, even if you saw something or thought you saw something, somehow you've been sucked down this rabbit hole. So, um, and then I go into a story about uh, by or essay really by J.J. and Desiree Hurtak, who are real mystics. They talk about the multi-dimensional realities, and they say that the E.T.s are a part, only one part of a of a, of a vast intersecting network of frequencies that we ourselves exist on, except we've been sort of Blindsided to any other thing happening here, but we ourselves are part of a frequency of, um, of living, of, of, of existence that includes a whole range. It's like stations on the radio. It's like we're just tuned to one di- station and we think that's all there is. But there's really almost an infinite amount of frequencies that we as sentient beings could tune into if we just trust the expansion of our consciousness. And from there, I talked to to Linda Moulton Howe, who is, um, she gets insiders, she gets whistleblowers (laughs) in the government saying, you know what's really going on. And in her essay, she talks about Uh, one of these government DOA uh, department, what is DOD, Department of Defense, comes to her and says, there have been three competing extraterrestrial races fighting for control over the humans and planet Earth. And she talks about the reptilians, the tall white beings, also known as the Nordics, and the little grays. And they seem to be in some sort of competition. But I also think... We don't know enough about their intentions and motives to understand that whole um, way they're operating. What do they want with us? Why are they here? Uh, What does the government know? And then I get a great essay there by John Mack. Do you know who John Mack was, Todd? John Mack,
0: he was associated – I get confused on names at times, but I know he was – he was associated with somebody we've had on here, and I'm going blank right now.
1: Um, Maybe Whitley Strieber. John Mack was a professor of psychiatry for Harvard University, and he um, he he died prematurely early. And um, but he said that people having abduction experience by uh, t- meeting these they are not crazy. Right. There's a legitimate um, explanation for why they're experiencing these encounters. And he said, no, they're true. They're they're not maybe a function on this level of reality, but these people are not crazy. And people would come to John and say, please tell me I'm crazy because I've had these really strange nightmares, experiences, dreams, encounters. John would say something like, I have good news and bad news. You're not crazy, you know? So what does that mean? Yes. That means yeah. these things are really happening and it's not a nightmare and that might actually be worse. But anyway, John legitimized the whole phenomena in terms of a of a rationalist or neo-rationalist validation. He validated these people's experiences and said, you can't, if someone tells you you have an experience and they have the emotion behind it and they're pretty stable and functional in the world, maybe they are having an experience that is inexplicable to the rest of the world. Because we've been so conditioned to think out of a very small window Right, we we, yeah. we, we we think just by what people tell us to think. And and in my own work, when I do presentations about cognition and um, perception, I usually show this video of the uh, people passing this basketball on this uh, um, guy in a gorilla suit walks across the basketball court. And I said, did you see that gorilla? And, uh, and 80% of people do not see anything because they're counting the number of basketballs being passed. And they're completely not perceiving what's also there because I told them not to. We've been told only to see and think about what's, what's let's say, rational. So there's a whole world of possibilities that we ignore because it doesn't fit into our worldview. This book starts to expand your worldview to consider more possibilities.
0: I love that. Right. And um, I remembered – why i John Mack was such a familiar name uh, Dr David Jacobs has been on the show and and they were colleagues and and both psychiatrists right. you know worked together that way and that and it was driving me crazy so sorry okay. i i jumped in on that but no, that no. was
1: that was where the connection was and i just went blank but the problem i had with John Mac I mean not John Mac David Jacobs and where Mac disagreed with Jacobs. was Jacobs wrote the book called The Threat. He's fearing these other beings coming here. And John Mack, his last book was Pass, push to the Cosmos. He welcomes these other beings here as an expansion of consciousness and human potential and something native indigenous um, cultures have known all along that we're not alone in the universe. So and that we they may have been associates. What's yeah. that?
0: And that we're not alone, and we shouldn't fear that. That we have the, the other people with us.
1: Well, what do we have to fear? We have more to fear from fellow human beings. The truth is, right? Yeah. And we're the warlike creatures, and we project <laughs> that onto other people. But maybe they're not like us. Maybe they're not interested in domination and control, or maybe they've already done it and we don't even notice, right? Yeah.
0: So. I, I love what you just said about projecting that on onto the, the others. Uh, we're, we're afraid of ourselves, and so we look to them as as being a problem as well, even though at the end of the day, it's probably us that's the problem.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> it's that Kabbalistic saying, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. Yeah. So, if, so that's really what it comes down to. We don't know who these beings are. And I think we cannot even guess. It's like your dog looking at you on the computer thinking it knows what's happening. You know, I think we're in the same position as a, uh, I mean, not that they're better than us, but they are more evolved. It seems they have technologies that defy the laws of nature as we understand them. Of course, they actually are probably in touch with the higher laws of nature, but we have to mature, I think, on a spiritual level to know that we're equal to these beings, and we also have to say maybe we're not the smartest guys on the block, you know, which has been a problem for humans.
0: Absolutely, um, yeah. Looking through your through your notes, the different people that you've talked to, um, right. what a great list. Grant Cameron, um, yes, one of the he's a he's a close friend of a of a very good friend of mine and um what a great person to talk to i saw him at contact at the desert he's been nice enough to be on the show also um oh, good. nick pope same thing wonderful person to talk to and you really got a who's who here of the people in the ufo um community so great job finding all these sources to get this book put together
1: well thank you but the thing is i'm not just throwing these writings together i've kind of created an order and a, um, a sequence, a narrative, so to speak of the way they're laid out. So, like I said, you start with Nick Pope, who's just examining the UFO, UAP phenomena. He's not looking at consciousness, but then I go deeper with Grant and John Mack and Whitley Streber, who's probably one of the most lucid, um, uh, experiences I've ever met. He's been, he's had more, more conscious, uh, connections with these beings than anyone I know. And he really unfolds this next level of development that we are going into. We really do have to become more aware of who we are, not just in this normal state, but what about our dream states? When we go into meditation or even fall asleep, we are, this is not just a psychological, psychological manifestation of our minds, I think more possibilities are being unfolded to us in these altered states. And we're just taught to ignore it. So the UFOs are represent a potential of human development that we are coming into. And, you know, I I finished the book with Carolyn Corey, who did a movie called superhuman and she actually merges with these beings, her, her state of mind, her consciousness becomes more ET like she takes on these other, uh, kind of guises of other possibilities. And she presents a really great expanded possibility of who we are. So there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot of, um, new adventures to be had, And so the book lays out a very nice developmental uh, sequence of going from the esoteric, exoteric, the external to the internal. And that's where we are. So I wrote it as a very general um, handbook for preparing ourselves for what might be possible. I love it. And
0: that comes out May 4th. Guys, it's making contact, preparing for the new realities of extraterrestrial existence. And I love, um, that, that you're putting this out and you're putting it out in a positive way and that, that you're looking at the consciousness and, and framing things, um, so that it, that it helps, you know, not just give people information, but it actually helps people prepare, um, for an evolution, um, to where we can handle more, and and are more open, and, and stop thinking about other um, entities being like us, um, being you know the the dark side of us. We have a beautiful light side as well that we don't focus on as much. Um, and I think books like yours will help us find that.
1: What you just said, what I what is really the baseline behind it for the preparation is that when you have knowledge. You are better prepared for the experience. If these things just show up, and of course, they've been doing that for 75, 100 or hundreds of years, people um, get afraid. But if you read these essays and look at the kind of uh, background and and research that's been done, this knowledge leads the way to have a more positive experience because it's just our projection, again, of our minds. but. But what I try to lay out here is that there's something else going on. And it actually has to do with us expanding more than it has to do with whatever's out there. We need to, in order to save ourselves, we need to keep taking in new knowledge. This is the salvation of the human race. If we just go by what we've always known, we'll never get anywhere else. It's time for us to clean up our mess that we've made of this planet. And cultural wars and all that, and start to take responsibility as adults for who we are and and our connection to each other. I don't think these beings are really going to make themselves known until we learn how to behave, you know, yes. with each other. So that's where we're at. We need to be. We need to have this. Bruce Lipton. I quote. You know who Bruce Lipton is? I am is that, not. Yeah. He's a a biologist who says that all the cells in your body are in harmony because they're really one giant organism. And he says humanity... Needs to realize we're part of one consciousness. We we may be living separate lives, but we are united, and we really don't have humanity. We're really not humans until we create this greater being called humanity, and this is our collective awareness coming together to show that you know we're we're all individuals, but we're part of something bigger. We still think we're separate from each other, and we're not. We're connected. So. Yeah, Alan, beautiful. We, we do need to break away
0: for just a moment. Guys, we are not done. We are going to be back with Alan Steinfeld in just a minute, uh, talking more about his book about Contact in the Desert and wherever else we go. This has been fantastic. Uh, Alan, we'll be right back with you on my side of the universe on KOAL 107.3 FM and 750 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe, KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. We have Alan Steinfeld with us today. He's going to be presenting at Contact in the Desert, one of my favorite places to go. He has an awesome book coming out May 4th called Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. And um, Alan, you get to um, lead a panel, lead a conversation, uh, which is how I I just love the way you phrase that. Uh, It's called The Immutable Laws of the Akashic Field. I probably said that wrong. Where all information and knowledge is interconnected and preserved. Um, What's your background with that? And
1: and how did you get lucky enough to to be the leader of that panel? Well... This is really a conversation with Irvin Laszlo. Irvin Laszlo formed the um, um, was he formed the Club of Budapest and he was he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. So he's a kind of scientist laureate and he wrote that book about the Akashic Records. He's really the one that um, uh, got that title and decided to um, to give a talk at the um, at Contact in the Desert about this. And um, he's saying, basically, there's a part of us that's eternal. And he calls that the Akasha. And that's like what some people would call the soul. But that aspect of ourselves is non-local. It's not individuated within the body, but it's part of the cosmos that is everywhere. It's, it's like, well, I, this is my equation. It's like a radio signal. It's like, you know, you turn your radio, but the, the music is coming from the radio, but it's not the source. It's just uh, a receiver of, of a bigger field. And that's that bigger field is the Akasha. And that field is tuned into individual frequencies of me and you and whoever, but and our brains are the instruments, the hardware that finds tunes. That's so I call it a soul frequency. So that is not so you we think our thoughts are coming from our brains. But no, I think and the Akasha thinks that the thoughts are being received by the brain. It's the hardware. And so it's being received and sent out. But. And this is like goes about channeling and all that stuff that's like non-local remote viewing. Have you ever done remote viewing, um, Todd?
0: I have. I would love to do more of it, and that's one of the things that that uh, I keep putting on my list to do each year that seems to fall to the side. But I do want to study it more and, and get um, good at it. Um, I, I think there's something
1: very strong there. Well, it has to do with the same theory that who we are – are non-local beings, you know, we are not, um, we, when I teach remote viewing because I've taught it, um, I give people, I say I, I could tell people I'm looking at a picture or I just give them coordinates. And just by giving them a random numbers, they are somehow able to transcend their personality and get images into their minds that are about a bigger playing field. And it's really a phenomenal event when that happens. When people, I say, okay, I'm looking at this picture here. Can you tell me what I'm seeing? And some people say, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you one example. I was, uh, it was the JFK assassination. And I said, what am I looking at? And people saw saw crowds gathering. They saw American flags. They saw a lot of commotion. They didn't actually see the specific event, but they were able to tune into the phenomena around the event just by giving people numbers, just by giving them a kind of non-local address of the situation. And people started to get downloads And there's no way they could have known this. I would say 80% of the people in that case and in other cases start to tune in with uh, just my focus and them tuning into my focus. And sometimes they don't even know what the target is. There's a non-local aspect to our minds. That's what I'm trying to say here. And it's who we really are. And when we wake up to that, our minds, our consciousnesses are not confined to our bodies, Will start to tap into the Akashic field. And that's really what that's about. And there's techniques of doing that. And quantum physics, that is a doorway into this understanding. Quantum physics um, talks about probabilities, they don't collapse the wave function. You know, we exist in a field of possibilities. And this is how I think. I hope I'm not jumping around too much, is how the ETs control their spaceship through time, space, wormholes, because they do not collapse a wave function, if you know what that means. Like you're saying, this is it. It's not concretized, but they live in more of a fluid reality where many points of time space are possible. And somehow they're able to use their non-local consciousness to travel to those destinations. I hope some of that makes sense. Absolutely, um,
0: and it and it gives it gives me chills thinking about it. Um, that is, and and that's we're we're just not thinking that way yet. Where we're where we're so open um, to looking at everything
1: and um, not collapsing the stuff that that would get right. us there. it's actually not about thinking. It's who we really are. Thinking is a left brain sort of concept. I think uh, Einstein said something like, your linear mind will get you from A to B, but the rest of you will get you everywhere else, you know? Ah. So, So it's like, it's thinking, but we've been taught to think in a very linear way. And one of the things John Mack says, if we're going to understand the UFO ET phenomena we need other ways of knowing, other ways of thinking. And that involves right brain cognition. And when we do that, we start to realize we are immortal, immortal beings. And that reincarnation is possible, telepathy is possible, um, understanding higher levels of of who we are on multiple planes, Um You know, we start to become a mystic of possibility. Yes. Holy moly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Well, let's read you some of the stuff that I'm so in this dialogue that you mentioned. I'll be talking to Irwin Irvin Irvin from Budapest, and he says, um, "I'll read something." Once we believe, once we present that rationale is not limited to a, a left brain understanding, we start to tap into the possibilities of reincarnation That that giving birth, we give birth to a transpersonal sense of self that lives outside of space time and is not dissolved back into the vacuum when we leave this plane. So when we understand that we are immortal, we can take our rightful place as equals to the, whoever these beings are whoever these ET beings are because they're not greater than us on a soul level and this is partly why I think the contact in the desert is coming to understand that it is about consciousness it is about a greater sense of humanity and that's why it's so much fun to hang out at the live show and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to hang out at the online show because there's um there's a scientific element, but not old science, not Newtonian, Darwinian science that have put us into the box, but the science of possibility. This is our future, and this is our future as an emerging, evolving uh, renaissance of humanity. So isn't that exciting? It, it is extraordinarily
0: exciting. And I, might, like I was saying, not very well, but my head ex- is exploding with the thoughts of, you know what are the possibilities? Where can we go?
1: Uh, unlimited, Todd. They are yeah. unlimited.
0: <laughs> anything, yeah. We can do any, absolutely anything when we, when we do this. I'm so excited to, to hear more about. Uh, definitely, your your um, panel will be one that I'll be watching. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, I, and I would encourage everybody else to, if you've liked anything that we've talked about today, don't miss it. Will you be doing
1: anything else there, Alan? Well, I hope to host the uh, crop circle panel with Lucy Pringle because the crop circles I've been to twice in England. And when you walk into a crop circle, which I've done, it is a very strange experience. First of all, you don't know what these things are, who made them. And there's like a, a strange, I, I almost felt dizzy to tell you the truth, walking mm. into a, a, a crop circle. So um there's patterns and frequencies that are involved. So I'll be hosting, uh, hopefully, the crop circle panel, the abduction panel, which is coming up where um, people have had otherworldly experiences. And I think it's, um, you know, it's time to just adjust to those possibilities. And uh, what else is uh, there's lots of lots of speakers coming up with workshops, panel discussions. Let me see what else is coming up here. Um there's the uh, yeah remote viewing. There's the um, Rendlesham Forest, which was a UFO sighting in the 1980s mm-hmm. in a Royal Air Force base that really upset a lot of people. There's abductions and communications with non-human intelligences. That's a panel coming up where this guy, Anthony Peake. Also talks about psychedelics as doorways into meeting these beings, you know. Ah. So that, that's interesting. There's a forbidden archaeology because this is not new. Meeting other beings from other places, there seems to be a history. Look at those statues on Easter Island. Yes. Look at the. We still don't understand how the pyramids were built. There was obviously some kind of levitation type of technology. Gobekli Tepe in um, in Turkey it was just uncovered recently, and that's a, a, a technology that's over 10,000 years old, Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. So were we just evolving primates coming out of the caves, or were we descendants of... Of other races that were set down this beautiful planet to start anew. The Adam and Eve story is not just, you know, it's a story, but maybe there was an original race or humans here that um, forgot that they were gods, forgot that they were divine and ate of the tree this is in the Bible the tree of good and evil and the, and it says there they have become like us and they were cast out of the garden and and that you know, divine sense of self was taken away from them this is my I know we're talking to Utah but that's just my interpretation <laughs>
0: they'll be okay go ahead <laughs> so, uh,
1: you know the ancients knew a lot uh, 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 that we have forgotten. The, the these archaeological monuments use sacred geometry, which is the laws of nature. There's so much mystery that if we can only be educated in that instead of some ridiculous. Um, Class in high school. If we, if I learned sacred geometry in high school, I would have been uh, much more open to the wonders of the universe much earlier. I had to find it on my own. I had to say, well, mainstream middle America seems to be pretty dull. What else is out there? And then I started to have my own UFO experiences. I mentioned that earlier, yeah. where I was, I, I they would appear in dreams, but I also had this mark. Um, on the back of my leg, that pretty much was an abduction mark that I was then regressed to say, to find that I met these beings, but I didn't remember them with my conscious mind. And that's a whole other conversation. Like what level of reality do these ETs appear in? I do not think they're three-dimensional in the same way that we are three-dimensional. Yet they take samplings from people, blood, DNA, sperm, egg. So there is some kind of dimensional quality to them, but maybe it's a different frequency of dimensionality. So for the most part, they appear in dreams. To me, other people like Whitley Strieber, they appear pretty much regularly because I think he's um, maybe more practiced in uh, the art of uh, lucid, awakened sense. Because One more thing I'll just say. When you are in the presence of these ETs, as is my experience, or even you see uh, something in the sky you don't understand, there's a kind of shift of consciousness that takes you out of your normal, everyday, regular way of relating to the world and something gets heightened. There's a heightened sense of reality that happens. And this is their doing and our um, need to go beyond the um the next level okay
0: wow alan that what a beautiful way to, to to draw this all all together unfortunately we have just about run out of time i i hate for this to end we're going to have to do this again for sure um mm-hmm. there's so many things that i want to talk to you about but um I, I want to encourage people to check out your book
1: and to well, um, tell them to buy the book. Cause I, what I just touched here is just that. <laughs> the, surface. And I think if you buy the book, and I'm open to anyone who buys a book, email me at newrealities at earthlink.net. If you have any questions, get the book on Amazon. And I think you'll start to go deeper down the rabbit hole.
0: I love that. Let's go deeper down the rabbit hole together. Get his book, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. Alan, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. It was really
0: fun for me. Yeah, we'll be right back with more My Side of the Universe on KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. Welcome back to My Side of the Universe on KOAL, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. Oh, thank you for joining us. What a wild ride that was. Alan was a lot of fun, huh? A lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, great knowledge. uh, Really fun guy to talk to. I couldn't couldn't have had more fun today. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Be sure to go see Contact in the Desert. Look up Alan Steinfeld, uh, just like Seinfeld, but with a T, and uh, see the book he has, Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. It's going to be fun. And I, I would encourage you to go see what what's going on at Contact in the Desert. I'm telling you, a couple of years ago when I went there, it was so much fun. You just never know who you're going to see or what you're going to do. Great time. I saw people from Ghost Hunters International, got to make friends with them. Um, Hugh Newman, uh, you name it, they, they were there talking. Grant Cameron, who we've had on the show, and who's a good friend of my good friend, Ron Johnson. Uh, was there and he's going to be I believe he's going to be at contact this year as well so good thing to check out Um, go see it be sure to go see our sponsors the Eastern Utah History and Tourism Association they're our friends and they keep us on the air so go thank them tell them Todd sent you play with their cat talk to the ghost see what they have going on Thank you for joining us every week. It is truly my favorite hour of the week, and it's the fastest hour of my week. Thanks again. We've got more great guests coming up, so stay with us on my side of the universe. And remember, you matter. Until you multiply yourself by the speed of light squared, then you energy. We'll see you next week on my side of the universe on KOAL 1073 FM and 750 AM.